Welcome, welcome back to the QC Hornets Nest, the podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest news, buzz, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling stories other shows won't and give you inside access to other shows can't. This week, I'm joined by Mason Plumley. We discuss his time with the Hornets and the reason for his increased production, what he's doing to help out fellow Duke product and rookie Mark Williams, his take on the mellow ball's growth, what sticks out most about Charlotte compared to other stories that he's played in the NBA, his favorite moment as a pro, and more. So are you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. You know, only the Hornets can have a historic win in Milwaukee to begin a four-game road trip and finish it with a one-in-three mark, including back-to-back losses across the border in Canada to the Toronto Raptors. But that's where the Hornets are as they spiral toward the end soon of a long, long season. It's hard to believe that each and every week, from the injuries they've dealt with through everything else, that the Hornets are essentially the worst team in the NBA. They may fluctuate record-wise, back and forth, up and down, side to side a little bit in the standings. But for the most part, for the last couple of months, they've been right there at the bottom, nip and tuck with either Orlando, Detroit, you know, those those teams. So right now, I don't see that changing because it, it's just it, at this point, like, what are you really playing for other than pride? And I don't mean that as like a, a, a slight because the, the, they're pros. They want to go out there and win. They don't want to go out there and, and, and lose these games. You know, it's no different than playing pickup basketball in the, you know, neighborhood park. I don't care if you're playing three-on-three three or two-on-two two or whatever, one-on-one. You still want to win if you're a winner. So the Hornets want to win these games, but I'm just not sure how they're going to be able to salvage anything with the amount of issues they have with the number one being their inability to execute a game plan drawn up by Steve Clifford for an entire 48 minutes and talking to all of them over the past couple of days in Toronto especially it just seems like they just can't put a finger on why they, as a collective group, can't play 48 minutes and deviate from Steve Clifford's game plan. They'll be hanging in there. They'll be doing their thing for a little bit. And before you know it, a couple of egregious mistakes will happen. And then they'll try to kind of get it all back at once. And before you know it, it snowballs and heads are down and here we go again. So it's just been an incredibly maddening season for the Hornets from a variety of perspectives. And I'm just not sure how it really gets better from here other than trying to, you know, potentially strip it down and begin looking toward the future because – at this point, you're not really going to get to the playoff hunt. There's no chance of that. You know, you're essentially 
more than 20 games below 500, which is mind-boggling to even say and have it roll the tongue with ease. It's, it's difficult to even think and comprehend. I have to actually double-check to make sure, wait a minute, are they? Yes, they are 20 games below 500. I mean, it's been a real struggle for them. And, you know, they're remaining positive. You know, they're obviously frustrated, disappointed, upset, annoyed. All the words you can think of that they're bothered by their recent play. And essentially how things have been going for them ever since that 3-3 three and three start when we thought that maybe this could be a season for them actually to be a potential playoff team and get past the playing tournament. But right now, they would even, they would gladly take, gladly take a playing tournament game at this point. But right now, that is so far-fetched, it's not even in the realm of possibility. So it's going to be interesting to really follow closely here over the next couple of weeks as we approach the trade deadline to see what GM Mitch Kupchak is thinking and how they're going to move this team forward. Because as we've seen time and time again this season, with this collective group and this roster as is constructed currently right now, the Hornets just can't get it done. And with that being the case, it's time to figure out the next move and how you can make this team one that can be a, be a group collectively that plays together and knows how to win. And to me, part of that is finding some veteran players as well to bring in here, to be able to add to the locker room, and we shall see if that's something the Hornets will do over the coming weeks and or months. All right, time for this week's mailbag, which again is one of my favorite segments. I like interacting with you guys and taking your questions. So the first one comes this week from Twitter from at Paul Theater. And his question is, have the younger Hornets made any strides in development? It's been a rough first half of the season. Yes, it's definitely been a rough half of the season, Paul, as we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, I would say yes. A couple of the Hornets, to me, have stuck out um, in particular in terms of their growth. And that's been Bryce McGowan's. Um, I don't think anybody was really sure exactly what they had in him. Um, but as a second-round draft pick, and a little bit raw player, and obviously a two-way guy supposed to be going back and forth to Greensboro, but you can see him gaining a lot of confidence just with his little bit of time he's gotten um, when guys were injured and having to get out there and play some. And the other guy to me who recently has kind of stepped his game up a little bit more, um, I thought he lost a little bit of confidence personally, was is JT Thor, excuse me. JT um, has been getting some playing time at the wing, especially with Gordon Haywood being out. And he's knocking down a three-point shot, which is, to me, one of his keys because we know he's long and can play a good defense out there. So it's going to be more about can you score and find ways to be effective on the other side of the ball. That way he can be an effective two-way player. 
And when he's hitting three-point shot and taking it with confidence and not worrying about if it's going to clink off the rim, he's been pretty good for them, and he's been pretty good for them of late. So I would say, Paul, to answer your question, um, those two guys stick out to me the most. Obviously, Nick Richards, you know, you want to consider him a young guy too as well. Um, and even, you know, Kai Jones, you know, I got to throw him back in there as well. Kai, even though he's not playing as much as he was early on in the season, you can see some growth from him when he's in there and, you know, with even throw Mark Williams in there as well. So definitely you can see a little bit of, you know, growth and, and just some, some, some fine tuning going on for some of the Hornets young players here, but have to obviously get it going a lot more in the right direction because, you know, with those guys being most likely, you know, part of this core as they try to build this thing around a mellow ball moving forward, you want to be able to see them develop, you know, at, at a nice rate here. So, Second half of the season is going to be big to find out exactly how much they can develop going into the offseason and going into the next year when you think the Hornets maybe can, you know, put something together and actually make a run toward the playoffs potentially. But that's a long ways away. So, anyway, Paul, thanks for your question. Next question comes from Twitter as well, and it's at tweets by Tyree. And the question is, what are the chances the Hornets land a decent wing player or a big man in free agency after the season? Um, these kind of questions are always tough, obviously, because we can't predict way into the future and, and what the Hornets or any other team is going to be able to do because we don't know who's going to be available specifically or what the market will be like. But the Hornets have to definitely um, address the wing player production. You know, the big man may be okay. It just depends on what they think about Mark Williams and Nick Richards and those guys moving forward. Um, obviously, Mason Plumley uh, talked about him a little earlier, be the last year of his deal. Um, so we'll see how it kind of goes there for him. But um, the, you know, the all season is a far, far away, although it doesn't seem like it right now. But I think the Hornets really um, have to get some scoring on the wing to be able to Hang with some of these teams that have these really good small forwards or versatile guys who could play a two, three, and four spot out there. So, again, just too far into the future to kind of know exactly who will be available, what's going to happen. But, yes, um, a scoring wing is definitely, to me, in the cards because, you know, right now with Gordon Haywood being in the lineup so much, not sure what you're going to get. And, again, with Bryce being a young player, it depends on what you think about him and moving forward. But you need to have a veteran coming here who can be a scoring wing player and also be a presence in the locker room. So that's what I would look for from the Hornets. But, again, we're kind of months away from that. But, again, thanks for your questions. I love you guys' interaction. I love um, you know how you guys want to keep me on my toes and you want to know what's going on with the team. And I do my best to my ability to bring you the inside scoop. So thanks once again for your questions this week. Now, um, I had a chance to speak to Mason Plumley, and, you know, Mason is a guy who's been around for a couple seasons now. You know, he's been able to kind of see the growth of LaMelo Ball. You know, he's been able to see a little bit of what's going on in terms of just what a team hasn't um, fared the way he would like since he's been here. So I want to get his insight on a couple of different things about how the team is playing, um, about him helping out Mark Williams, um, about him, um, you know, just, just – being in the NBA as a center and, and what's that like to be in different cities and compare himself to to, to others and, and other cities and stuff like that. So I wanted to get you guys a snippet of my conversation with Mason Plumley and 
you know, hopefully you'll appreciate it because it's inside the locker room, so maybe a little bit noisy in there. But here's my chat with Mason Plumley. Hope you guys enjoy it. So Mason, how would you sum up your time here so far with the Hornets? You've been here, you know, a couple of seasons now. How would you sum up things and how they're going for you and the team so far? Um, you know, last year, you know, obviously was was uh, challenging for me personally, but um, you know, I felt like I jumped in on a team that was on the upswing and um, you know there were some some bright moments last year but um, this year you know for me personally is has gone better I feel you know healthy and I'm good to go but um, you know obviously the team has struggled a little more so um, we're at the halfway point I'd love to see us finish strong but um, you know to, to sum it up I don't I know you asked me last year what's my midseason grade it'd be mm -hmm. the same this year should be incomplete right. because I'm really looking forward to the second half of this season and you know having guys like Melo and Terry healthy and hopefully getting Gordon back. I, I still believe in, in this team doing some special things. So, and what about that? What about like you said? I mean, people on the outside always talk whatever, but it's like you guys in here are still trying to win these games and yeah. go out there and show that you're still a good team in the NBA. How much does that? I guess invigorates you guys knowing you still have games left to kind of go out there either be spoiler whatever you want to say to go out there and show teams that you still can be a good team this season um what's well, i think just from experience you know when you're when you are playing irrelevant games and and we're not there yet mm -hmm. and um but it definitely puts a, a lot of importance on each game and in the here and now because you know if you don't correct it and and learn while winning like it's all of a sudden we will be playing consolation games so it's it's just the reality of the situation we don't have a lot of um room for error this this next month even so uh it's got to turn quick you mentioned your play like you can out there a lot of double doubles out there like what have you done this season to be able to go out there and play the way you're playing to get this team, you know, uh, a center inside of people who can, you know, count on to get double-doubles almost every night? Yeah, well, I think it started with a, just a, an increased commitment to rebounding, um, you know, kind of start starting with my, my game there, and then, you know, it's everything else, um, you know, just having a, a very clear understanding of what the staff wants, and, um, you know, it hasn't been a lot of... Uh, you know, but going off on my own thought, I've just I've just bought into to what they're what they're trying to build here, and and um, and I've, I've benefited from that. Uh, you mentioned being here in Charlotte. Like, this is how many stops for you, man? He was in Denver, yeah. Brooklyn. So, how does this city, Charlotte, compare to Denver? Brooklyn, yeah. place you've been before. How does it compare, like, differently? The city itself. The city itself is definitely a smaller market. Um, you know, I would say that the fans are supportive. Um, you know, it's to me, I, I compare it more to like a, a Portland or a or maybe a, a Denver. You can't, you know, we're in New York. You mm -hmm. can't, can't compare it to New York, right? But, um, I think and people like basketball. I think they're, them coming out to the games has has been great and. Um, you know, I, I think I'm interested to see what Charlotte's like when, or when and when we're in a playoff series and, and what that would be like. Yeah, because everybody talks about that in the old days of, yeah. you know, just how it was, man. Does that, does that, does that kind of excite you guys to say at, at some point maybe you can get to that point and see what yeah. it would be like to go out there and have a playoff game amongst fans who are excited to see you guys play out there? For sure. Well, I, you know, I didn't understand the historical 
context of the team, but you know, Buzz, um, Buzz Peterson shared with me the um, the last time they won a playoff series and how long ago that was, and you know, I'd love to be a part of this team winning a playoff series here in the city, and um, I think that's, that's something that's motivating to a lot of us here. Um, now with Mark Williams, um, I talked to him last week. He mentioned that you one of the guys on the team who talks to him the most, gives him advice. Just what about that? And how important is it for you as a veteran to lay stuff down to guys like him so that way when it's their time, they're ready to go out there and compete the way they should? It's super important. Um, you know, I, I benefited from having older guys give me direction early and often. And um, as much as he wants, I'm happy to give. So he, you know, he's had some really great moments for us. Um, and, you know, he's the, he's the talent of a, of a starting center. And, and he'll have a great career. But early on, especially at our position, it's a lot of um, – I always say, like, it's harder for a big man to come into the NBA because it's not – you don't get the rhythm or the feel of a guard where you have the ball in your hands all the time. So it's figuring out where to be and when defensively, you know, how can you impact the game? And um, there's a lot of different terminology, a lot of different coverage. And he's he's a really smart player, so he's taking it on quick. But um, he's only going to get better. And yeah, how, I mean, I think people don't understand that. You just mentioned all the difficult things in the center. When you come in as a guard, I guess a little bit easier maybe. Yeah, like come off the pick and roll. Right, and right. Right. <laughs> Which, but right, but defensively, coverage, especially with Cliff, yeah. how much tougher is it for a rookie to come in here and pick those things up right away? Well, it's, it is tough, but he's, you know, he's made it look easy. And, um, you know, he's uh, him, you know, I, I think it, he may not have liked it, but probably, probably just being able to, to watch the first you know, 10, 20 games of the season. But now that he's getting his chance, he's, he's more ready now mm-hmm. than he would have been. Um, and, He's, yeah, I'm excited for him this second half of the season. Now, a couple more. Just LaMelo, um, how have you seen his growth since you've been here um, to where he's playing right now for you guys? Um, to me, the, the most encouraging thing, and it, it just happened again last game, I think, you know, he was I – would, I would say that since I when I first got here, he was really quiet on the court and, and more in the past, you know, even last game where the past – couple weeks he's, he's verbalizing what he wants which I think from a point guard perspective is is incredibly important and so if we come to the bench and he's telling guys where to be and what to do that's like a, a really good thing for us and um and you know I think uh part of that you know I taking ownership of the team or, or wanting the keys or whatever phrase people use that that's part of it too so um having him be more vocal from that standpoint is is a good thing all right, just two more. What's, what's your best NBA memory you can think of in your career? What, what sticks out most that you really say, you know what, that, that moment, yeah. i never forget that moment. You know, really for me it was um, my my third year in the league. Um, you know, I was on a team in Portland where they didn't project us to win many games. We ended up being the sixth seed. Um, and then we won. You know, I'd, I'd been part of a playoff series in Brooklyn where we won, but I didn't play a, a big role. But when, when I was in Portland and we beat the Clippers in the first round, uh, the feeling after after that game six, um, you know, I, I hit some free throws to close it out. It was just a, it was a good, it was a really good feeling, and to me, it makes me want to experience the playoffs again and and have more playoff wins. And just last thing, man, with your brothers, when you guys talk basketball, um, what's that like? And then who has the last laugh about you know their career, man? Well, I get the last <laughs> laugh because I'm still playing, and. Uh, we don't talk. I mean, we talk about our, our teammates, our 
you know, our coaches, some of the stories and stuff, but, uh, yeah, man, I, it, it was more fun when they're in the league. Um, but I'm happy. They're both doing their own thing now and, uh, they still tune in every now and then. So Once again, thanks to Mace for giving me some time. Hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. You don't get a chance to hear from Mason very much and very often. So, And definitely very not, not that in-depth. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And thanks to Mason again for giving me some of this time. Well, as we look ahead now, the Hornets actually will slow down slightly on the schedule here. They have a two-game series coming up against the Celtics beginning on Saturday and also um, a game on Monday, MLK Day, a matinee. So... Um, then after that, they have a game against the Rockets in Houston to begin another <laughs> what seems like a long, long road trip once again um, next Wednesday in Houston. So, and that's a game again. You know, the Hornets, it's a gimme game. You know, they're trying to actually put some wins together. Um, that's a win they might want to be able to get against Houston because they're pretty much in the same spot they're in right now, playing for ping pong balls, it appears. So, um, the Hornets about to play the Celtics again, which is, you know, their nemesis, it, it, it seems like. Celtics kind of have their number, um, especially when it comes to playing them at home of late. You know, in Charlotte, they seem to just ride the wave of the crowd, who's usually pro-Boston, and I'm sure it'll be that way again uh, with a crowd that's expected to be a sellout crowd on Saturday night for sure. So the Hornets, again, get a little bit of a break here schedule-wise in terms of, Things slowing down for them. Maybe it can give them a little bit of, you know, more time to practice and correct some of their ills. But, you know, with just three games in about a week span, this is the time to maybe start buying to what coach has to say and figure out exactly how they're going to go about the rest of their season because right now, as we talked about earlier, it's just not working. This week's random fact stems around LaMelo Ball. Remember when people said he couldn't shoot? That was one of his knocks coming out of, you know, into the draft. Well, LaMelo has made a three-pointer at least two in 18 straight games going to the weekend's action against the Celtics. That ties him for second longest streak in franchise history. Only Kemba Walker owns a longer streak, which is 20 games. So LaMelo... Again, hitting multiple three-pointers for 18 straight games, to me, shows his growth with his jump shot. He has to be able to you know, become a better two-way player out there as well. But I just remember people were knocking his jump shot and saying that was one of his flaws of his game and his stroke. But he's refined it, and as we can see, it's really hard to guard at times if he knocks that shot down. So for him to be able to turn to a – Shooter like this in his third season bodes well for the Hornets, obviously, moving forward. So there you have it. Many, many thanks to my guest, Mason Plumley, And thank you so much for joining me for the latest up at the QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for special offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says, support my work with a digital subscription. All right, till next time, we out.